We see the future of this program including exclusive access to products, collaborations and partnerships, and other items like as we work with our direct-to-consumer team, items like free delivery, like how are we continuing to add value for Good Rewards users long-term on top of this always-on kind of cashback nature of the strategic partnership we have with Fetch. You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. What does the future of loyalty programs look like? Is it still the same old points, rewards, incentives, or is it a little bit more meaningful? Is it data-driven, rooted in experiences, context, and even content? Based on my conversation with Casey Glazer of General Mills and Anne Hill of Fetch, it seems like a little bit of both. The two companies have collaborated on a new loyalty program that spans across all of General Mills brands. It's truly a fascinating case study of sorts around what the opportunities are for improving the loyalty program experience and better collaborating with retail partners in order to ensure that you are giving consumers the best possible deals, the best possible experience, and the best possible opportunities for discovering new brands. It's truly interesting to hear Anne and Casey collaborate even on this conversation because they each have very distinct expertise areas, different passion points, and it's easy to see how these two worlds came together so seamlessly to create this rewards program. So listen in, especially if you're thinking about ways to improve your loyalty initiatives, what the future of your programs may look like, because they definitely uncover a few big ideas and opportunities along the way. Casey, and thanks so much for taking the time for joining me on what is going to be a very fascinating conversation. Thanks so much for taking the time. Of course. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you. So Casey, I want to start with you. Get a little bit of background. You have a very rich history in the restaurant and QSR space. So I have to ask, how did you end up at General Mills? What's the history there? It's a great question, Alicia. I was actually working for a small restaurant tech startup when COVID hit, which was totally right place, wrong time. The restaurant space was extremely difficult at the time, given all the uncertainty around what was going to happen with away from home eating. And my personal journey of kind of figuring out what was next for me led me to a local company that I've long admired in General Mills. I figured I could retain my knowledge of the food space. So the consumer drivers are actually very consistent. The idea of competing for a sort of share of time and share of stomach in a competitive space is relatively the same. But at home eating was actually positively impacted by the pandemic. So it seemed like a good a good career move. And I applied for various marketing roles at General Mills. And truth be told, this was actually the last one I expected to get a call about. My background is not firmly rooted in the promotion space, though I have worked on promotional strategies based on increasing traffic and check in the past. I asked my hiring manager, Jeff, at the time, why my resume stood out to him. And he actually preferred the fact that my background was outside of the space. It's a space that needed fresh thinking, not only at General Mills, but in the industry at large. Uh, And he was looking for someone to come in, ask questions and push for change. And that I said I could. Awesome. That's actually the perfect transition point, because I wanted to ask you, you seem to have more of a history in traditional marketing roles, and now you're 
the senior manager of brand experience, specifically loyalty and rewards. So I'm always curious about like the day to day, like I'm sure it, it varies <laughs> depending on the day. But if you were to kind of distill your core responsibilities and your core objectives, what would those be? Yeah, good question. This is definitely a role that's firmly planted in that marketing space. It just happens to be a little more niche than some of my previous roles. Historically, I've been more of a broad-based kind of general marketer, call it a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. But I've really enjoyed diving deep into this one area and becoming the subject matter expert within our four walls here at General Mills. As for my day-to-day, it can be really different. The focus is ultimately on helping our OU stakeholders meet their strategic objectives while at the same time helping make our products more accessible to consumers. And we do this through a variety of primarily value levers, right? So think coupons, discounts, promos, rebates, our new good rewards loyalty platform, which is what we're going to dive into a little deeper here today. One day we could be negotiating rates with our many wonderful vendor partners or articulating the strain on our consumers to our brand partners. But it all comes back to two primary reasons for existing, right? Helping our OUs meet their strategic objectives and helping make our products more accessible to consumers. We talk a lot about at General Mills about solving problems and delivering joy. And that's really what we distill everything down to. I love that. So what does the broader team look like? I know there's there's obviously a, a connection to marketing, and I'm sure there are other teams that you collaborate with as well. So who is involved in like the strategy, implementing new initiatives, and you know, of course, bringing new things like you know the loyalty program and experience? experience to life? Yeah, great question. We are a central team and General Mills is a very collaborative environment. So we work across kind of all of our functions. We've been on a little bit of an evolution over the last couple of years, and it's been about intentionally shaping the team to support where we're trying to go. So a couple of years ago, for context, our portfolio was about 75% print tactics. So think newspaper FSIs, on-pack coupons, things of that nature. This fiscal year, which just started in June, we're about 94% digital. And that's a really big shift in a short period of time. And some of these newer digital tools and tactics take a different level of support, whether it's strategy planning, systems, processes, measurement, or any other host of factors. So we've been been shaping our team accordingly. To answer the root of your question, we have five strategists on our team, four of whom each support and dot and line into our operating units. So morning foods, snacks, meals and baking, and then Blue Buffalo are our pet segment, and one of whom leads all things loyalty, portfolio, and good rewards. And then we have one individual on our team that is dedicated to measurement. So as we've been on this evolution, as we've been on this journey, we've realized it is harder to measure some of our newer tactics, and that's good, but we need to figure out a solve for it, right? We're heading in the right direction, but we need to we need to evolve and we need to adjust. And then we have, in addition, we have a, a team of eight individuals focused on operations, process, and execution. So once we strategically decide what we want to do and where we want to go? How do we make sure that it gets set up with our vendor partners and our retailer partners so that when Alicia goes to scan an offer at her local target, it scans right, it protects us against fraud, all the correct UPCs are included, things of that nature. Fascinating. So, Anne, we haven't heard from you in a little bit. So you're the VP of Partnership Development for Fetch Rewards. So I'm sure you work with a lot of different brands and retailers and kind of have this broader view of how different teams are working together, how they're kind of bringing these initiatives to life. I mean, hearing that response, like how does this align with what you're seeing more broadly in retail and even CPG? Oh yeah. It's fun for me to watch how General Mills has essentially pivoted to making sure that they can talk about their portfolio in a much differentiated way than they have in the past. I work with all of the food clients with whom Fetch partners, and 
What I would say that is noteworthy about how General Mills is structured is that Casey and his team have a ton of credibility with the brands. A brand is not incented nor necessarily motivated to care about the portfolio. They have to deliver on their specific brand objectives. But Casey's team has truly helped bring to life what they can be doing and how it to talk about the General Mills portfolio while also highlighting the specific brands. And that's going to be a huge differentiator for General Mills because the scale has been lost over the last few years. And there's a few who are cropping to the top by saying, nope, we're going to talk about everything that we have and we're going to make sure it's meaningful for our consumers across day parts. It's meaningful for our retailers because we're driving baskets. And what I see that's really, really different is that Casey's team has created, it's this function there that helped them bring a disruptor like Fetch into their ecosystem very quickly and effectively because of the credibility that they have. And that's what's different to me in terms of how General Mills operates. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I know myself personally, I've been looking very closely at consumer behavior and the impact of a trusted brand that has equity in and value in the minds of consumers. And I think it's just like an interesting way to think about consumer behaviors and all the different factors that drive them, you know, whether it be price, what value means basically, right? Like, is it price? Is it brand equity and brand love? And, you know, how do all these things tie together? And I think that point ties in really nicely, Casey, to when I was researching for this conversation, what really stood out to me, you know, on your LinkedIn profile is that you were talking about mutual value. And that's value, of course, for General Mills, retail customers, as well as consumers who are buying the product, which, Anne, you you were making a connection to. I have to ask, though, I mean, that's great. And mutual value is good and, and should be, I think, the North Star for any brand. But are there any challenges that you kind of face in this process? Like, Do you feel pressure from either side, consumers or retailers, especially right now with everything going on in way of you know, inflation, brand switching, all that other stuff. Absolutely. I, w- I would add a fourth pillar to that, which is, which is our wonderful vendor partners. And I'm not correcting you. You pulled this from my LinkedIn bio, so I'm correcting myself. But <laughs> No, no, correct It away. is really a challenging environment for, for the consumer. I mean, they have to make really tough choices right now. Every time we make a slide on what the consumer is dealing with and the hardships that they're going through financially, that slide is immediately outdated because all of the statistics that we put on that slide get have gotten worse <laughs> over time, right? And thankfully, we're starting to see some things ease, like gas prices are starting to ease. But overall, the consumer is still in a really tough spot. They're having to make tough choices every time they go to the grocery store. So our goal is to help the consumer as much as we can by providing access to our products and offering points on all 45 plus General Mills brands when and where the consumer needs it and when and where they shop, whether they want to scan a a physical receipt or scan an e-receipt, whatever's easiest for them. The whole goal is to make this easy for the consumer to save. From a General Mills perspective, we get to build relationships with these consumers and learn their behavior by diving into this really data-rich experience. And as a result, we're growing our first-party data library. We are gaining category exclusivity, allowing us to, to own these categories within the Fetch app. Good Rewards has an ambitious but achievable goal of more than a million signups within the first year. And we expect those users to spend 20 to 30% more than non-loyalty users. So there's value in their behavior long-term for General Mills. And when consumers think General Mills, and I don't know if Alicia, you fall in this camp or not, they, they typically think cereal first, right? And so 
we want to remind them that there are we have so many beloved brands that each and every one of these consumers has in their pantry. They just don't associate it with General Mills. And now we are there's an education process here to say, hey, you can actually get points on Nature Valley. You can get points on Totino's, Pillsbury, Gold Medal Flower, whatever else the case may be. And we have seen a really positive reaction to this from a consumer pers- perspective. And it also helps General Mills because then we can shift some more whole, holistic portfolio behavior and get people associating these brands with one another and with kind of that joy that's delivered every time they save. Fetch, in turn, on, on top of the revenue, right, because there's a partnership here in place, gets access to these same 45 plus brands, enhancing the product offering on their side from a food and beverage perspective. And then the last part of that relationship is, is the retailer. And the goal here is for all ships to rise. And ultimately, our goal is to, to drive this differential and incremental user behavior, which not only benefits us, but benefits the retailers. And we're learning the power. I mean, we're, we've been partnering with Fetch for a couple of years, but we're from a full portfolio perspective, we're still learning kind of the power of these consumers through some of our activations. For example, we ran a Pillsbury offer that featured a recipe. It was a simple four ingredient recipe for Pillsbury pizza. So it was Pillsbury crescents, mozzarella cheese, pizza sauce, and pepperoni. And the points were given out only for the Pillsbury product. However, we witnessed a, that a staggering 36% of our brand buyers that engaged with this program purchased all four ingredients. So then we have a compelling story for our retailers, right? These these are engaged consumers. We can show that our promotions are driving basket size beyond General Mills products, which is a big deal for our retailers. And lastly, we have all of this consumer data we're collecting, and it's helping us paint a picture for our retailers on what the consumer behavior is outside of their four walls, because they have more data than we'll ever know what to do with or that we'll ever have on what happens within their four walls. But we can start to work with them and educate them on, hey, here's what's happening outside of your four walls, and here's how we can use that to partner together. That's really interesting. So even though rewards were tied to one specific product, it was the context surrounding that product that incentivized or, or drove them to get everything because there was a clear value exchange or, or inspiration tied to that, which I find to be really interesting as we think about like the role of content in all forms, whether that be, you know, a recipe or, you know, something a bit more in-depth or immersive that's right up my alley. So, so it seems like, and, you know, Casey, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like as far as conversations around price consciousness or brand switching, it seems like the value here is like the context or experience that you're building around this program, even though, you know, perks and discounts are are a big part of it. But I mean, how else are you kind of thinking about these issues, the price consciousness, the brand switching as you kind of build out and optimize this program? It's a great question. We have conversations like this a lot, as you can imagine, within our four walls. And you know, since the start of COVID, one of the number one questions we've gotten is supply chain has continued to be a challenge ac- across all of our brands. And thankfully, General Mills has fared better than some companies, better than some brands through some of those kind of turbulent waters, right? But the question you get is, why would I sell any of my products on a discount when I can't keep the products I have on the shelf, right? And so we've there's been an education process here for us to say, hey, we've done the research. We know that value consumers are, they spend more when they shop, they visit more frequently. So overall, they're a higher value consumer for General Mills. We also know they're more fickle. So we know they are more likely to switch when times get tough. And so the conversation around brand switching has been very important right now. We know consumers switch brands, especially at the price points at which we play. We know that they do it commonly. They switch to private label. They also switch to other brands. We also know that when things right size from an economic perspective, a lot of those consumers come back. 
what I've been trying to educate, we've been trying to educate people internally is you're never going to get 100% of those people back. So we have to play equal parts offense and defense in order to make sure that we are maintaining these consumers that we know are more valuable than the consumers that are not acting on incentive. And we need to make sure that we're solving problems and delivering joy for them so that they stay loyal to, to General Mills. Awesome. So, and what else are you seeing as far as challenges, priorities? Like, what are the pressure points? Is it pretty consistent with what Casey said? It is. I would say inflation is the most evergreen topic that I have with all of the brands with whom I engage today. And I think there's record pricing has been taken, right, over the last year and a half. We can all see it. And it's just starting to truly impact the trips the units now, brands are not going to take pricing only to then trade it all back, right? And I think there's this inherent acceptance that trade is inefficient, but nobody really knows what to do about it. But what I'm proud of what we've built together with General Mills is that we're making the pricing personalized. If the three of us were sitting across from each other at lunch, we would have different offers for cereal based on what we buy. And that means that what we can do is do doing something different for the brand buyers, do something different for the switchers, do something different for the competitive buyers. It really, really makes it more efficient for our partners, but ultimately is delivering on what the consumer wants and needs to ensure that we're helping them buy that brand. So there's an efficiency play as well as an effectiveness play here because pricing was taken for a reason. And so we want to make sure that our partners realize what they need to, to keep going and building more capacity and all those things that they need to do. But at the same time, we're making sure that we are designing these cohorts of consumers or creating these cohorts of consumers, again, based on their purchase behavior, which is enables us to truly, truly deliver on what we hold high, high as our North Star is the, a very positive consumer experience within the Fetch app. That's great. So with that, I mean, let's stick into the nitty gritty details of this of this new initiative, because Casey, I think you've shared a little bit of background, a little bit of context, but is there anything as far as, you know, the customer experience with the program, what other elements include? I mean, anything that we've missed thus far that you think will we'll paint a more detailed picture of the program and its benefits? I think that's a great question, Alicia. We have talked a little bit about it, that Good Rewards is a loyalty program designed to help families stretch their dollars. And, and have fun at the same time. And it allows us to build that education awareness and ultimately loyalty to the brands, the many brands within our portfolio. So the primary premise is we reward users for their behavior with any of our brands. So they get points back on all General Mills products. The thing within the Fetch app, the thing that's unique about Good Rewards on top of it, which lives solely today within the Fetch universe, is that all of the offers that are available to the total Fetch audience are slightly richer for the people that are in Good Rewards. And on top of it, we have offers that are only available to people that join Good Rewards to entice those members to engage with General Mills, to bundle our products together for more points. We've been highlighting seasonal and new items like fall flavors. We've got a Halloween program coming up. We're having a ton of fun with it. In exchange, consumers earn points that they can cash in for gift cards. And we see we see this value, the simple value exchange to your point right now when people need it is extremely compelling for consumers. In the future, we see the future of this program, including exclusive access to products, collaborations and partnerships, and other items like as we work with our direct-to-consumer team, items like free delivery, like how are we continuing to add value for good rewards users long-term on top of this always-on kind of cashback nature of the strategic partnership we have with Fetch. I love that. I always love examples of loyalty programs that aren't just a transactional exchange. It, it ties to some sort of unique value or experience 
experience or content benefits. I feel like there are so many creative opportunities, especially for a company like General Mills, right? Because it ties to everyday life, right? Like there are so many ways you can find inspiration, so many ways that you can essentially use the products to to live your life, which is very exciting and I'm sure gives uh, your team a lot to work with. So, I mean... Did you conduct any audience research or or testing to finalize what elements to include in the beginning? And I guess what role will data play in the future, right? Because I'm sure there, there will be a process of learning, responding, iterating. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's a great question. We did a ton of testing within the Fetch Rewards environment. You know, I like to say we've been testing for decades with all of our kind of value levers, but we did spend probably more time than the Fetch team would have liked (laughs) testing and making sure we were really sure that this was the right investment to dive into for us and the right partnership for us, for us to dive into. We started, we've had the brands that have been participating longest in Fetch are our morning foods brands, so cereal and yogurt. And the results that we saw were pretty incredible from a share perspective, from a unit movement pr- perspective, and it allowed us to also dip our toe into the portfolio pool. So we we historically have been a very siloed house of brands, right? Every brand has their own budget. Every brand operates independently of one another. Every brand needs to make sure that for every dollar they spend, they are getting the ROI that they need, which I get it. In, in their chair, I would do the exact same thing. And so we don't have a rich history of portfolio offers. And what this has allowed us to do is, is test out a couple ways to show all of our products on the same offer. And Anne mentioned both effectiveness and efficiency, but to show that at worst, These offers are just as effective and way more efficient for the brands that actually pay into them. But at best, all ships rise and you're you're seeing performance that is better than any of these offers would have been would have been on their own. And that allowed us to dive in the pool a little deeper as an organization and to really make the commitment to lean in here for our current fiscal year. In terms of what role the data is going to play in the future, you're spot on, Alicia. Like everything that we do from now on needs to be data driven. I mentioned our evolution from print to digital earlier, and that's for a variety of reasons. One, it allows us to do more with less. And so I don't think General Mills is unique in the fact that we have we have smaller consumer promotions budgets than we have in years past. It's just part of the game, right? There's fewer consumer dollars to go around and there's more places to spend your money than ever before. When you think about all of the different ways that, that modern digital marketing has impacted what we do as an organization. And so we need to be as efficient and effective with those dollars as we can. And the data allows us to learn more about our consumers, to provide them with offers that are relevant and pertinent to them to learn which offers are actually sparking behavior and to continue to repeat that and and to become a little bit efficient with the a little bit more efficient with those offers over time i see a future in which you know we use ai and machine learning to actually say hey here are 80 potential scenarios based on the consumer's behavior learn what they like and start to offer them what is most what is most pertinent and was what is most relevant to them and really the machine can actually optimize those over time and, and make it extremely extremely efficient and effective for for general mills and all the other participating brands awesome a lot of great detail there i always love to hear how people use data to kind of power those experiences in, in a effective and efficient way so and i want to get into the support and I guess, both technical and and strategic expertise that your team provided in building out, launching, running the program. So can you dig into that a a little bit and I guess showcase how the two parties kind of work hand in hand in, in bringing this to life, right? Like I think the often overlooked component of all of this 
any sort of successful program, right, is that there is technology behind it. And there's also people behind that technology. So can you kind of expand upon that a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, I just, I would be remiss if I didn't give a huge shout out to our engineers and our product teams. While we all sleep, these guys are tirelessly working on our platform and making sure that every consumer, you know, opens up the Fetch app and is having fun and saving money, which is our motto that we live by. So we've got hundreds of people who are working on this platform all the time and they just, we've got the best in the biz. And then I think there's just the strategic element of it in terms of how you create a program like this. What we benefited from, Casey and myself, in terms of, you know, really co-authoring this good rewards program, is that we have built this for a couple of other CPGs before. And so we had some of those learnings as well, too, because this was a big shift change for General Mills, not only just from a budget standpoint, but from a thinking standpoint, right, about, you know, truly understanding how their portfolio behaves together. And what I would say is that I'm really proud of what we could do to sort of take from the learnings, understanding the fetch scale, and making really reasonable sound assumptions about who from that audience of fetches is going to most likely join this good rewards program. And even though we're exceeding expectations, I would say we're exceeding them in the way that we wanted to be. And what we're finding is that these users are growing faster. They're joining faster than we thought. But the most exciting thing is just they're spending more on general most brands than we thought. And that that is the outcome I wanted for my partners. And we know that we're delighting the consumers who are really getting excited and their eyes open to the different ways they could be combining these brands together. So it was very mathematical. You know, there was the fun only came after the fact, right? But we really, really built this plan from the bottoms up. And again, shout out to the engineers who make the Fetch platform tick every single day. Amazing. I always love to hear how the different teams work and how how the magic happens, so to speak. So I do want to kind of get into the retail side of things. Obviously, a lot of our audience are retailers, our grocers. So I'm curious, and I think, Casey, we kind of made hints at this earlier in our conversation around, you know, how this all works if, say, a retailer or grocer already has their own programs and their own apps? Like, how does it work in conjunction with those existing areas, if that makes sense? Like, I guess I'm trying to understand, like, from the customer's experience, but also from the retailer's experience. Like, if they're already members of those loyalty programs, like, how it all works together. It's a great question. So a large part of what we invest in as a central function here in General Mills is what we call our direct-to-card universe. And Anne has a background in this space as well, but that is these retailer loyalty programs. So we, OU strategists that I mentioned earlier that sit on my team, actually pull together a full holistic incentives, loyalty, and rewards plan for our brands every year. And that includes both the direct-to-card relationships, those retailer loyalty platforms, as well as what we're doing in Good Rewards and what we're doing within the Fetch app. And so we know we can be strategic about not offering offers that are going to extremely discount our products or not stack things on top of each other. So from a brand perspective, we have a little bit of control over that. I think from a consumer perspective, it's just another way to save, right? There are additional ways for me when times are tough to go to the grocery store and not feel as bad about how I am walking out of that grocery store in terms of 
what I'm spending for what I'm getting. And I think that is really important. And I think that what we have noticed is that consumers will go to lengths, the consumers that really need it and really want it will go to lengths to find that content in both places, which I think is great. There's a long storied conversation around stacking within our industry. And I think I have a, a relatively unpopular opinion on it, which is I could care less about it. And we are, you know, I say that in jest, we are working on making sure we are doing what we can to make sure our offers don't stack on top of each other. However, our goals are share-based, our penetration-based, our, our goals to get Cheerios, for example, on the consumer shelf. And I don't know I don't know that it concerns me terribly if there is a consumer that uses two offers to get that box of cereal there. But I know, again, that's that's not a, an extremely popular opinion in the space. From a retailer perspective, I, sh- I did share a little bit earlier about how there is benefit to the retailer here in terms of knowledge about what their consumer is doing outside of their four walls, about, hey, we're actually driving We're driving increased trips. We're driving increased spend per trip. We're driving spend outside of the General Mills products within your basket. There are some really good stories to tell here. And I think at first, the initial reaction from retailers is, I don't like this because I don't understand it. But the more we have conversations with the retailer partners, there really is kind of a win-win-win-win situation going on here, which we're thrilled about. Awesome. And anything to add there? Yeah, I would say that when we talk to sales teams and shopper teams, right, who obviously are in service to the retailer, there's there's no one intention of taking from a retail media group, right? That investment is completely preserved despite what sort of brands, you know, ultimately invest in um, with Fetch. What we say is there's ways that we can help you serve the retailer that they can't necessarily do on their own, meaning we can show you kind of where they might be losing in the marketplace, or we can help, you know, a certain retailer understand if they're not getting the full basket on taco night, are they getting the perimeter shopped, but not the center store shopped while you're there. And so I think that's one of the reasons General Mills wants to be able to talk about their portfolio in a more more material way, because they are in every part of the grocery store. And, you know, I think that's really meaningful for retailers, but even retailers can get really siloed and it can be hard for the General Mills of the world to inherently talk about their scale with the consumer, knowing that there's different buyers and merchandisers and ways that things get executed in store. So it's, I think this is going to be a really powerful tool for retailers. And I'm proud of what, you know, General Mills can really bring to bear as they talk about their scale. Yeah, I feel like as a consumer, like myself personally, I very easily, I think, overlook the orchestration, I guess, that's required between the CPG brands and the retailers in order to ensure everything (laughs) is executed the way it needs to be to ensure that great experience. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that. So it definitely shows how, I don't want to say complex, but I guess I guess that may be the best way (laughs) to explain it because it it seems like there's a lot of moving parts there. For sure. And, you know, this would be the time to say that I worked at General Mills for 20 years and I am so attached to the brands. And one of the challenges that I always talk about when I was leading sales teams was it's simple as it sounds. The way Fetch provides value to the consumer, it's on points. It's not... 50 cents off or a dollar off. And those are the things that trip up being able to bring your scale to bear because you're managing multiple different merchandising price points. And it's hard for you to collate all of your brands and say, how do I bring value? Whereas you can bring a spend threshold or a unit threshold, you know, within the Fetch app and say, okay, get by all of these General Mills items, get 5,000 points off. And we're finding, you know, we executed General Mills' first ever portfolio offer and the retailers absolutely benefited. And it's really fun to be able to show them what they gained from this portfolio offer too, in terms of expansions of brand spot. 
Awesome. Casey, do you have anything to add there around that complexity point? No, I was just going to say, Alicia, you're not alone. You said, I don't think I'm alone. You're not alone. I'm still learning about it every day. So, <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, that makes me feel a little bit better. Thank you. <laughs> so with that, as we kind of close out our conversation, I do want to ask because the program launched in like the summertime, right? Like July. So I'm sure you can't share any firm numbers, but I mean, what kind of response has there been to this program in terms of retailer response, consumer response? You know, what have you seen in as far as results thus far? That's a great question. We have seen a tremendous consumer response, first and foremost. I shared a little bit about our goals. We want a million people in the program in the first year, and we want them engaging with our brands and spending 20 to 30% more over the course of the year. We are pacing well ahead on all of our key metrics, acquisition, engagement, conversion. We are, to your point, I can't share exact numbers, but we are, we are going to hit those numbers, the acquisition numbers specifically, well in advance of where we thought we were going to hit them. And we're really excited about what that means for us moving forward and the amount of data we're collecting and and everything like that. From a retailer perspective, I think we dove into this a little bit. There's been kind of mixed reaction, but I think it's largely been an education component, right? And we're excited to see the retailers that we are having more engaging conversations with around this partnership and around this loyalty program. They're really starting to get excited about what this could become in terms of our partnership with them over the course of time as well. Awesome. So is there a big promotional push for you guys on the horizon in order to hit those goals? Or how are you kind of getting that acquisition and engagement going with the experience? Yeah, no, it's a great question. You know, we're sitting in a place that is a relatively comfortable place for a marketer to be sitting in the fact that we're, we're ahead of our goals. And so in terms of what we did, Alicia, is we budgeted for a certain amount of, of activity and activation within the app. And so we have plans, we have uh, tactics we are ready to deploy. We're not at a place where we need to do those yet. And part of that is because of our decision to partner with someone like Fetch Rewards, who has a built-in audience of 17 million monthly active users that we can message within their platform. And so we haven't yet needed to rely on a ton of external marketing. We do have, for the future, some, some plans in place. So there are big plans to expand our marketing efforts soon, including but not limited to engaging all of the brands that actually play within the space to, u- to use their own channels to continue to communicate the value of good rewards as well. But, you know, this partnership with Fetch from from a speed to market and from an acquisition perspective has met and exceeded all of our expectations on that front. Love to hear that. And then have you learned anything new about your consumers? Like I know, obviously, we talked about data, the role of it and iterating and improving the experience. Anything notable that, that you've learned in terms of their behaviors? I know there was that interesting point around the recipes and, you know, you get the one product, but you buy everything else. But any other nuggets like that that you think are worth sharing? Yeah, great question. Some of what we've learned has been kind of confirming our suspicions around the need for value in the space today. We've also learned a lot about our consumers. And keep in mind, this has only been live for two months, but we're learning how they shop, what's important to them, how we can solve problems and deliver joy in their lives on a daily basis, what brands of ours they buy together, which has, I think, been a little surprising to us versus what we would have assumed going in. And candidly, we're also learning how much education is needed to inform our consumers about the breadth of the General Mills portfolio. So we've long been, as I mentioned, a house of brands, and there isn't a natural connection between Big G cereals and Gardettos, right? And so we have been educating the consumer. It's been exciting to watch their excitement as they learn, as they put this together and they learn 
what all they can benefit from in the same in the kind of in the same transaction. But we know we have a ways to go from an education perspective. And that's been a big learning for us along the way as well. Well, this has been a jam packed conversation. And I appreciate the different perspectives as our audience thinks about the future of loyalty, what their programs can and should look like. It's a really interesting conversation I think brands can have internally. And of course, there is opportunity for innovation and collaboration there. So I think it's only appropriate that we close out the conversation by, you know, asking you both about any lessons, any words of wisdom, recommendations, because this will be coming out around, you know, or right before the holiday season. So holiday specific or just for 2023. Any advice that you would share with our listeners right now around how to improve their loyalty initiatives? Yeah, thank you. First of all, I'm flattered that you asked that. We're two months in, so I, I don't consider myself an expert in loyalty in the space, but I'm happy to provide kind of our moment in time reflections from our lived experience, right? So I would say, as you're thinking about this, a couple things. One, don't rest on your laurels. I think it's really easy to get complacent in this space. And I say that from our lived experience, right? From a company that's been around for 155 years that has realized we need to adapt, right? We need to change. We need to optimize after several years of running the same coupons on the same brands. The question becomes why and are they working hard for us, right? The response has been nothing short of amazing and we know it's only the beginning. I would also say experiment, listen to the data, it's okay to fail. I think oftentimes we, especially at big companies, we put so much time and energy into how are we going to do this so that it doesn't fail? How are we going to do this so that we get XXRY? Where in that time, we could have spent less money, if you think about it, actually running an offer and learning from it, whether or not it's successful. So act quickly, fail quickly, adapt and optimize. And then consumers like to be surprised. So I think one of our goals over time is to make sure we don't fall back into that trap, even though we're in a new vehicle, a new medium. We don't want to just say, hey, next year, we're going to run the same offers because they worked last year. The consumers like something different. They like to be surprised. And that's going to be what spurs their engagement long term. Love that. Don't fall into the same traps. And how about you? Yeah, I would say when you root everything in really powerful, complex data, I think you're going to always do right by the consumer. We know they want value, right? And we know that value can be defined very differently for every single consumer. Some want exciting recipe content, some need price, right? Some need inspiration. There's a lot of different things. And what we're excited about is what we're learning together. It's the two-month birthday of Good Rewards today. And it's amazing to me what we've already learned about how we can even be engaging with the consumers just within Good Rewards differently now as we continue to learn what makes them happy. What do we do that delights them? What do they not necessarily engage with? So we say, we're not going to give you that offer again. That didn't mean anything to you. So the data is extremely powerful and it helps, you know, it really, really helps both General Mills and Fetch engage with their consumers the way that they want to be engaged with. And that's what's going to make someone loyal. Love it. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time out to chat with me today. It seems like you have a very good back and forth, a good relationship, and that definitely came through in our conversation today. So thank you both so much for uh, chatting with me today. Fantastic. Thanks for having us. It was a pleasure. Thanks a lot, Alicia. And to all of you, if you have any follow-up questions for us after listening to this conversation, you will, you likely will. What we'll do is on Twitter and on LinkedIn, we'll be sure to keep the conversation going. And on LinkedIn especially, we'll, we'll tag Anne and Casey. That way, if you have any questions for them, we can keep that conversation going. And of course, we always love to hear from our listeners around what conversations they liked, how we can add to those conversations at a later date. So definitely do drop us a line on social media or leave us a rating or review on 
on your preferred podcast player. We will follow up with you and of course, pick your brain for further ideas. And of course, shameless plug, if you haven't subscribed to the show already, please do. We have weekly conversations with uh, folks like Anne and Casey, analysts, practitioners, experts, influencers every week. So if you subscribe, you get it delivered right to your device as soon as they're available. But that's it for now, everyone. Thank you again so much for digging into all things loyalty with us. We will see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.